welcome you back to Lala Rink. We are in between periods one and two. Merrimack and Vermont in a scoreless tie here at Lala Rink. I'm John Leahy along with Mike Macknick. We are joined also by our producer Tom Casanova. And we're in between periods one and two and uh, we're talking with Mike Macknick. And uh, Mike, it's a celebration for you this weekend as we celebrate uh, 25 years of you being uh, involved with Merrimack Hockey and many uh, capacities broadcasting of course the, the, uh, the biggest one but uh, we talked a little bit last night let's talk some more tonight uh, let's talk about uh, uh, how you got involved with Merrimack Hockey uh, the early days and maybe some memories of the time back then boy yeah so this is actually my 25th year of broadcasting you know call, helping to call the games and uh, but it's been a few more years now I guess that, that I've been around uh, it really started here back in 1989 when uh, Merrimack started also in Hockey East. Uh, I had actually gone to Northeastern for a couple of years before that and even RPI a year before that. And, uh, you know, ended up uh, transferring here at Merrimack to, uh, to finish up my degree. And, uh, you know, at that point I'd done some work with the programs at RPI and at, uh, at, uh, at Northeastern. And, uh, you know, so some of the folks like Billy Doherty at, uh, at Northeastern was the SID there. You know, got to know him. Rob Rudnick, of course, does the radio for them too. Uh, but then, you know, coming here was actually close to my home. Uh, I already knew some of the folks here because John Savistano, for instance, was uh, he, he'd been involved with uh, Merrimack for many, many years and done so many great things. Him and his brother Rick, uh, you know, their family just had so much to do with uh, you know, supporting the program and doing things to help them out. But he also uh, was a big supporter of high school hockey as well. So, you know, I got to, met John, got to know John back when I was in high school and he was uh, working the board, doing the PA for uh, high school games, but some of which include my, uh, my alma mater, high school such a Catholic. Uh, but then came here, and I remember one of the things that he said, well, you know, you, you finally came home here, right? You know, and in a way, it was home, right? Because I'm, I'm from not too far away from here. So it was kind of nice to, you know, to, to be here. And Ronnie Anderson, of course, was the head coach then. Paul McCarthy was the SID. And uh, uh, Stewie Irving, assistant coach as well. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was um, really started out there doing some work in the in the press box, kind of helping out Paul and then, you know, his successors and his ideas like Jim Seedy uh, in, in terms of, hey, you know, whatever needed to be done. Because that's really what it was like. It was like, you know, all hands on deck. Everybody did what they had to do when Merrimack moved up to Division One, and, uh, and I was sitting next to guys like Dan Roche and, uh, and John Moran in the press box and feeding them numbers and, and information, you know. Paul's came in, scores, whatever, get the information what else is going on around the league. And uh, eventually, uh, John Moran ended up leaving the station WCCM to go and push another opportunity. And Dan said, you want to join us for the rest of the year? Come on, because I was along with these guys between periods anyway, do interviews and what have you. I said, yeah, sure, why not? And I guess the rest, uh, you know, the rest, as they would say, is history. But there were actually a few years in there, uh, you know, where there was no, there actually were no broadcasts from 94 to 96. I did some games with some other folks from around the league. By that time, you get to know people. I mean, you, you know how it is. We know all the other broadcasters around the league. So uh, Joe Carr up in Maine, for instance, real great guy, was calling the game for Maine radio. Uh, Maine would come down here and play, and uh, he knew I was available, and he said, you want to come on and, uh, and help me call a game? So I did that. So I did, did a couple of games with him. A couple of weeks later, got a check in the mail signed by Tabitha King, <laughs> Stephen King's wife, which they owned the Kings, uh, owned the uh, radio station up in Maine that uh, those games were on. 
and so I said, well, this is pretty neat. Made a Xerox copy of the uh, of, of the check before I passed it. I don't know where the copy is, but I just thought that was kind of neat to get a check in the mail for the game. Well, Mike, uh, you and I crossed paths first in 2009. Uh, I started in 2005, and... Uh, that we got together in 09. The first uh, couple of games we did were out in North Dakota, but we had some uh, great times uh, in the Mark Dennehy era, and uh, maybe a favorite memory or two from those days. Yeah, let me see. Well, kind of first to go back and kind of continue on from what happened there is, of course, there was the 1998 team that was the first team to get to the Garden uh, that Merrimack uh, had. They upset uh, BU in the first round of the tournament, uh, two games to one at BU with Tom Welby as the goaltender and so many great players on that team, too. Uh, Merrimack had four of the top ten scores in the in the nation that year uh, with guys like Reggie Strongjay, Casey Kesselring, Chris Porter, you know, Sandy Cohen, Marty LaRose. These guys were all putting up just gaudy numbers. If you look at it today, you're talking about guys with 50, 60 points almost, you know, 23, 28 goals. Chris Porter, I think, had 33 goals and was second in the country that year. I mean, that would be unbelievable these days, but uh, that's the type, type of talent that was on that team. And then, of course, uh, you know, Chris Serena was the head coach there, uh, you know, for a few years and, uh, uh, you know, followed up by Mark Dennehy, and then, as you mentioned, we started to work together there in the, in the late uh, part of the first decade of 2000, which was, uh, I, got, I should mention, I got a chance to work before that with Arlie Johnson on the, on the radio, worked with uh, Todd Jameson for a couple of years, which was a lot of fun. Todd and I always used to, we used to do things like, uh, you know, come up with a word or a catchphrase before the game, and it was kind of a contest to see who could work the... Uh, who, who could work the phrase in first on a broadcast? And I remember once, it was, this was back during the Olympics. I think of it because the Olympics are on now, and you, you watch the figure skating, Tyra Lipinski and uh, and uh, Johnny Ware are calling it. Well, one one time back, this is back when Tyra Lipinski was skating in the Olympics as, I don't know, a 15-year-old or whatever. And that was that was the catchphrase one night because the Olympics were going on. It was in February. Tyra Lipinski, who's going to work it in? So I think the first time says something like, uh, boy, you made a move out there, you know. touched upon it when we uh, trip out to North Dakota and I remember being out there and thinking yeah these are the kind of games that you wanted to be able to you know, wanted to call as a broadcaster if you know for the program as an alumnus of the school and everything that's the those are the teams that you wanted to be able to play you always thought back in the days when they were division two or they were moving up from you know division one uh, independent to hockey status that not only the teams in the league like BC and BU but that those were the teams like North Dakota hey you know we should be able to play with the best of the best and, and what did they prove in that Mark Denny era that they were able to do that with teams like uh, Wisconsin, Denver, Minnesota, Duluth, and so on. Yeah, 2010 was a magical season. We got to go to the Garden, saw the Warriors take on UNH in the semifinal. They win that. They lose to BC in the Hockey East final and on to Notre Dame in the NCAA regional. But uh, a special year that year that was, Mike. And, uh, of course, the banner, NCAA banner, is still here in the rink. But, uh, you know, hoping to get back to that point. And it's a feel-good story this year for sure as well. Well, you know what it did is it kind of showed and validated a lot of things I think that a lot of people around here had felt for a long time, which was that uh, you know, with the right pieces and the right every, you know things in place, that they could be there, they could win as well. And I remember, you know, you've talked about it as well uh, when you've talked with, with Jack Parker, for instance, and you saying that uh, he thought that going into the tournament that year, he thought Merrimack would win the whole thing, would win the NCAA tournament. And you think, wow, you know, going 
from a time when uh, 2005 time frame they won one game in the, in the, in the league in, in that season a couple years later just three wins I think it was in the entire season overall you know and some people questioning where they belonged and where should they be and so on and then just a few years later where they are you know they're re- regarded to such an extent that you know, they're in the Hockey East Championship game you know at the point of uh, people you know like Jack Parker thinking this team's good enough to win the whole thing you know I mean that that really is something and it shows you that any of the programs and we've seen since then other teams like Yale Union you know Providence College teams that people didn't normally think of as national contenders year in and year out have won national championships UMass uh, having done it as well so that shows you right there you know this is one of the great things I think about Division 1 hockey is that you know you've got the small schools uh, like Merrimack for instance you've got the big schools like Wisconsin and Minnesota well speaking of those two schools Merrimack's beat both those two schools in the last five or six years so it shows you right there anybody can play with anybody well you need to write a book about uh, your experiences I'll be the first one to buy it well, you know th- th- that's the thing it's 25 years of, you know it's been a lot of fun there's been a lot going on I appreciate the opportunity to work with you as well and like I said so many other great people I didn't even mention Dan Parker Don Boyle people that I worked with did some games with uh, also had an opportunity to do some work even with the TV for you and Ace when Dan invited me to come on and help him out with some of the broadcasts there so you know it's been a lot of fun but the best thing is just you know I was talking about uh, with uh, Todd Woodcroft before the game the Vermont head coach and just saying so many great people in this game that uh, you know I've, I've been really uh, taken aback by hearing having heard from so many people in the last day or so since the word got out about this I have to thank you and the folks at Merrimack here for putting everything together that was really really nice getting my family in the building as well uh, you know it's been a while since they've been able to be in the building just because of COVID and restrictions and all that stuff so overall just a great time and, and, and thank you like I said and everybody else alright Mike great having you on I'm looking forward to the rest of the season it's always a privilege and a pleasure and uh, keep up the great work you as well I'm looking forward to it it should be fun alright Mike Macknick radio analyst for Merrimack Men's Hockey our guest in between periods 1 and 2 we will take a break and when we come back we're going to have the statistical summary for the first period and the buck drop of the second period that's coming up next you're listening to Merrimack Warrior Men's Hockey on the Merrimack Radio Sports Network and watching online on CBS 